Welcome back to Well That's Interesting, the first crossover edition. First crossover <laughs> edition! Already screaming. It's already... Right out of the gate. Right. <laughs> We're very excited today. We're so excited. Today is a bonus. It's a crossover episode with Beyond Reproach. Fuck yeah, Beyond Reproach. <laughs> and it's that time the U.S. government gassed the good people of San Francisco. Holy shit, you guys. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Holy shit. That's right. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the still traumatized and just, just she still can't believe it. Uh, I'm here with Marissa Riley. That's me. <laughs> I'm here. I still can't believe it, um, and neither will you, but I will tell you one thing, and it's yeah. that you're going to freaking love this episode. Oh, my God. It was really incredible. Uh, if this is your first time listening... Welcome to the flock. Welcome. Uh, Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about in this episode, but uh, when I came in cold, usually I come in cold alone, I got to bring some friends with me. That's right. That's right. Today is special as fuck because not only did Dr. Riley here come in cold that one fateful recording day, uh, so did... Dr. Stephanie and Dr. Tux. Heroes. (laughs) Honorary doctors uh, of the amazing podcast Beyond Reproach. Wonderful podcast. Wonderful people. Yes. Wonderful dogs. They have wonderful dogs. Uh, The dogs. And I miss them a lot. (laughs) So uh, if you're a longtime listener of Well, That's Interesting, you probably have heard a few promos about their show during the commercial break. But if you haven't, don't worry, I got you. Beyond Reproach is a comedic history podcast about scandals in politics and government. The best and kind. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, there's been a few of those, so it makes for some incredible fucking content that's just jaw-dropping, face-palming, and horrifying. All of our so favorite things. That's Yeah. If you love us, you'll love them. And they also pair each scandal with, like, a cocktail. Oh, yeah. So Oh, they really do. Okay. <laughs> And they happen to pair this yes. crossover edition with an amazing cocktail. I can't tell you what it is. Yeah. You'll have to listen to the episode to find out. But once you hear about it, you are going to want one stat. Yeah. Stat. And, and uh, the good thing about this cocktail is that you can enjoy it with a lot, a lot of friends. Yeah. <laughs> Up to 12. <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't have any friends, alone is fine too. Totally fine. I would totally, yeah. I just pictured myself with one alone and I was fine with it. I was fine with it too. (laughs) So, uh, the day we recorded, you know, Tux and Stephanie served us a cocktail that paired with the clue that I gave them about the scandal we were to cover. And photos and recipe of the massive, beautiful drink will be on both of our social media stuffs. So, please come on by and check it out. And please do check out Beyond Reproach. Fucking listen, rate, subscribe, do all the things. Give them all the love. They are awesome. And it will be so worth it, I promise. Yeah, we had a goddamn blast. And we think you will too. So, my friends, do enjoy. That time the U.S. government guessed the good people of San Francisco. Please do. Hello and welcome to Beyond Reproach. I'm Stephanie Domingo. And I'm Tux Lurzel. We come to you from Bushwick, Brooklyn, where we record on land belonging to the Lenape Nation, nation that is one of many still very much out here doing its thing, and we'd like to acknowledge that. We sure would. This is the show about scandals and scandalousness in American politics 
and government. <laughs> we be drinking, we be swearing. And we be having some guests right? today. This is hey. a very special episode. We have two lovely nerdy women with us. <laughs> we are graced by their presence. <laughs> IRL, y'all. Um, I know. Yeah. Like people. Yeah. People across face the table. Face, yeah. Yeah. There, are, there are four extra eyes in this room right now. Yeah. Yes. I, feel, I feel this is great. So we have the host of Well That's Interesting podcast. We have Jill Chacha. Hello. And Marissa. Riley. They host a comedy sciencey show for people who like to learn weird shit. That's right. Yeah. That is right. Real weird. Real weird. <laughs> learn weird shit. That's right. That. You've probably heard their promo. Their show is incredible. Definitely check them out. You're welcome, everyone. Oh, yes. this is going to be great. You know what? Thank yeah. you for having us on. Yeah. yeah. Yes. This is incredible. We're Y'all so are amazing. To have you here. So good to be here. So excited to imbibe and talk about really weird, awful shit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Today we are drinking, uh, well, you're going to be telling us a story from California in the 1950s. So I decided this was the perfect time to kind of go back and revisit tiki cocktails. Oh my God. We we first discussed tiki, like the history of tiki cocktails in episode 21, South Pacific Sadness. Uh (laughs) Every time we drink like a fruity, delicious cocktail, some awful thing is about to unfold mm. yeah mm-hmm. so I, I always tell the worst stories yeah. with the fruitiest most it, delightful cocktails it's like a trick like i feel like i have ptsd when yeah. i see fruity things I'm like <laughs> what, what what have you done yeah what are you gonna tell me about that episode was about the overthrow of the hawaiian monarchy oh yeah oh yeah. my god yes yeah. that's a rough one yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, you not need a fruity good. drink yeah. for that one we, we paired it with two different oh. versions of mai tai there's yeah. Like an older sort of original version and then the more sort mm-hmm. of current contemporary version that yeah. everyone knows today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that episode, I talked about how there were two men who are credited with creating the whole like tiki phenomenon in the United States. Today, we're going to be focusing on one of the two, uh, Victor Bergeron. Victor Bergeron and his restaurant in Oakland, California called Trader Vic's. We're going to be talking about a communal punch bowl cocktail called the Scorpion Bowl. According to Bergeron's 1946 book, Trader Vic's Book of Food and Drink, he was inspired to create this cocktail in the late 1930s after uh, going on a trip to Honolulu. He was, while he was there, he went to a lulau and he was served a cup of a traditional Hawaiian punch called a scorpion. He said um, this, this traditional Hawaiian punch was made with Hawaiian moonshine called Okalehau. Nice. Um, <laughs> along with a handful of other ingredients like orgeat, mint, and a combination of fruit juices. Uh, he especially loved the fact that it was served in a big communal punch bowl, and they were like, I guess, dipping it out in hollowed out coconuts. You would Cute. like drink it out of a hollowed out coconut. So he was really impressed with the way the punch was being served, uh, was really excited about it, and he got inspired and decided to go back to Oakland and try and recreate this, um, what he believed was a traditional Hawaiian punch, but he used rum instead of okalehau because he couldn't get it in the U.S. The only problem with this story is that there's no such traditional Hawaiian punch as scorpion. It did not, there never was a traditional Hawaiian punch called a scorpion. (laughs) What? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he, That's so American. Yeah. Just make so it up American. and sell it. Yeah. <laughs> so this um, cocktail historian went back and was trying to like verify this story because he read it in Vic Bergeron's book. It was like, you know, he says that this is what happened. I got to figure it out. 
He dug back through like old bar menus in Hawaii, recipe books, people's like diaries, letters, um, travel memoirs, all sorts of things. There was never any mention of a punch called a scorpion. Incredible. Just when he was about to be like, okay, so Trader Vic is full of fucking shit. Yeah. He's yeah. a complete yeah. liar. Mm-hmm. He actually found some a reference to it in a gossip column from 1938. Oh. And it even this column even sort of gave the recipe for the punch. So he stole it. Um, but what oh. what it was really going on, there was there was a butt and it was a big butt. Um <laughs> Far from being a traditional Hawaiian beverage, it turned out that the scorpion was actually something that Hawaiian surfers had kind of created to sell to tourists. Of course. Yeah. Of it course. was like, yeah, there were these guys that would like sit on the beach and they would get paid to like teach tourists how to surf or like take them out in a boat in the, uh, you know, on the ocean. So they started selling this beverage called the Discorpion. We're like, it's a traditional Hawaiian <laughs> beverage. And, and all these tourists are like, yes, you can separate me from my money now. <laughs> yeah. um, Good for them, though. Making, yeah, making that so buck. Yeah. Yeah. Take yeah. advantage of us. Totally. Please. <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> so whether Vic Bergeron knew that it was a fake or he was fooled or mm. he totally was like, that's not authentic, but nobody has to know. Mm-hmm. We don't know that, but we do know that he took this back to Oakland and it became sort of an instant classic in, in tiki culture. Wow. And now it's served in tiki bars around the world. The recipe that we're drinking today was published in his book in Oakland in 1946. What? Which also might be why it became such an instant classic, because this was just as all these GIs were mm-hmm. coming back from the South Pacific and were really into all this like tropical yeah. islandy stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's when the West Coast of the US kind of got whipped up into this like tiki frenzy. Mm-hmm. Over the years, Bergeron continued to tweak the recipe, simplify it, perfect it. So if you order a scorpion bowl at a tiki bar today, you're not going to get the recipe that we are drinking. Because this was the 1946 recipe that we would have been drinking in California in the 1950s. Fun. I love it. Um, But there was another recipe published in 1972 that is much simpler, has a lot fewer ingredients. And that's sort of like what everybody drinks today. Gotcha. Is is a much later recipe. Now we're here for the real shit. Yeah. yeah, I want the more ingredients. Totally. (laughs) Take my money. Yeah. (laughs) This recipe from 1946 originally served 12 people. Whoa. Yeah. It would come in like a huge bowl with 20 inch straws. Yeah. Oh, wow. You get hammered and some sort of infection. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Later on, they invented like these ceramic bowls that serve four people. And they have this sort of little elevated ceramic shot glass in the middle that looks like a volcano. You fill it with overproof rum and light it on fire. So it looks like the volcano in the center of your drink is literally on fire. This recipe would have been in this big punch bowl and he would have decorated it with fresh fruit on top and gardenias. Oh yeah, there was always Whoa. gardenias floating in the punch bowl. That is a yeah. gay drink. I love yeah, it. I know. So, totally. so yeah. gay. Yeah. Of course, it is spring in New York City. We don't have any gardenias. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got citrus wheels and mint and some edible flowers that I found at Wegmans. And it Amazing. Is stunning. I was yeah. saying I want to take this home and like yeah. display it on the wall somehow <laughs> or something. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Thank you. Should we try it? Yes. Yes. I know yes, every, yes. we've been sitting here like looking at it <laughs> yeah. this whole time. All right, here we go. I'm scared I'm going to ruin it. When I was a kid at school, learning the golden rule, teacher often used to say, 
If you don't tell a lie, there's not a reason why you can't be like Washington someday. How could Washington be a married man and never, never tell a lie? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The full recipe called for a bottle and a half of Puerto Rican rum. Yes, please. Yes, a bottle and a half. (laughs) Lemon and orange juice. Mint. White wine. And for some reason, it has this teeny tiny amount of gin and brandy. There is, after Whoa. a bottle and a half of rum, oh my God. there's two ounces of gin. We're going to die. So, <laughs> like, when you do the math and divide it by 12 servings, everyone gets one teaspoon of gin in the cocktail. <laughs> so fancy. So, like, yes. what's the point? I so, think it's to make us angry. Yes. I don't know. Someone starts to fight. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's gin. We had this mezcal cocktail a few years ago, and there was, like, just a little bit of gin in it. Yeah. We were like, why is this? And then later that night, we were both, like, yelling. We were like, <laughs> yeah. We got into, our, like, our first couple's oh fight God. because yeah. of that gin. Over, yeah. It was yeah. over chicken, too. Over. Like, we were trying to cook chicken, and we were like, what is going on? And yeah. it was the, we blamed it on the gin. Yeah, it was totally. Hopefully, just having a little teaspoon of gin in the cocktail is not going <laughs> to send yes. you over the edge. Yeah. I'll keep it together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the scorpion. It's bowl. incredible. It's so fresh. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's healthy because of the fruit. Yeah. So. That, I mean, it's, Let's go with that. One. It's like yeah. a salad. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fruit it's a salad for our vitality. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Take it away. Tell oh my us God! About yes. California in the yes, 1950s. we are here for a story. So I guess a little. Let me do like a little intro into this story Please, yeah. uh, for our it. dear listeners. So uh, Dr. Stephanie and Dr. Tux. Ooh, um, oh, my God. That's right. Honorary doctors. Mm-hmm. Tell your parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all reached out to us after listening to a previous episode of Well, That's Interesting, episode 056. Uh, so if folks out there haven't had a listen, please do. It's a bonkers fucking story that involves everything from terrible disguises to the Church of Scientology acting Ooh. as a whistleblower. What? That's how crazy the story is. Scientology looks good yeah. in that story. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Um, I'll give us a little recap. It's a segue into today's story, uh, but I'm not going to give too much away because please, everyone, um, I'm plugging our show here. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> clearly <laughs> go back and listen. Uh, basically, in 1966, the CIA contracted a 21-person team to release biological agents within the New York City subway system during rush hour over several days. Yep, real thing. Oh my God. Real thing that happened. And in classic American military-industrial complex fashion, the purpose was to see how quickly a bio-agent spreads in a city with a transit system. Yeah. Oh, my Squeeze God. Me. Mm-hmm. Let's just test New Yorkers. Yeah. You know, no yeah. big deal. Not a big deal. And if you're wondering if the people of New York had any idea this was taking place, no, they didn't. Okay. No. Neither did senators or anyone outside of the CIA. Nobody knew. What? That's right. Uh, and I have more good news. This wasn't the first or last time. Oh, biologi- okay. <laughs> <laughs> Biological experiments on American civilians took place without their knowledge, uh, which brings us to today's story. Yes. Yes, my friends. Today, we're going to be talking about what sounds like a body axe deodorant. It's, <laughs> it's called oh, no. Operation Sea Spray. Oh. Or... <laughs> So douchey. <laughs> so, so douchey. Uh, or as I like to call it, that time the U.S. government gassed the good people of San Francisco. Oh, no. Yeah. Not San Francisco. No. Oh, no. New York is fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can handle like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We're built different. Yeah, so, right. San Francisco, though, they're, they're a little softer. Uh, before we begin, 
Dr. Stephanie, Dr. Tux, Dr. Marissa, uh, what do you know about the Nuremberg Code? Oh, that's uh, I know. Nazis? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that's all I know. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know about the trials. I don't oh, know yeah, the code. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right, yep. All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it was written up in 1947 after all of the fucking horrific experiments performed by the dipshit Nazis were revealed. And its goal was to establish a set of rules for the ethical conduct of research when using human uh, subjects. Two main takeaways of the code. One, participation must be voluntary with informed consent. That sounds fair. Yeah. (laughs) And two, no experiment can be performed that will cause injury or death. Oh, my God. Okay. So those are... Two okay. takeaways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry to bring down the room. They had to write that down. Yeah. It was needed. I okay. Mean. Yeah. So it should come as no surprise that just three years after the Nuremberg Code was created, the U.S. government broke this international agreement. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. I like how fa- it's so embarrassing <laughs> yeah. to be an American all the time. Yeah. Just constant embarrassment. Uh, oh, us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're consistent. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a surprise at all. Predictable. Yeah. 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 All right. So let's head on back in time to a year no one in this room would be accepted, 1950. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, yes. It is the end. It's the end of September, September 20th to be exact, and we're two miles off the coast of the beautiful city of San Francisco. Uh, We're standing on the deck of a U.S. Navy minesweeper. Oh, dear. Mm -hmm. Which will, for the next six days, yes, you heard me, six days, we'll be releasing the bacteria Serratia. Serratia? Serratia from giant hoses producing a kind of bacterial fog that will easily meld with the city's famous mist. Wow. Just, yeah. This sounds mm-hmm. like a, a horror movie totally. or my favorite kind of movie, a Marvel movie. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I find a way to bring up Marvel in every single episode. I also episode. love the MCU. Oh my God. And I really? judge myself harshly for it. <laughs> I do. I yeah. made her watch Endgame the other yeah. night just I'm for okay. funsies. I cried. It makes us cry. I cried every time. Well, when, uh, I guess we could talk spoilers. I don't know. It's It's been out for a while, but I, when uh, Iron Man dies, man. Oh, yeah, no. I cried. And, and the I have- dance at the end kills me when uh, Cap finally gets to dance with his, his lady. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely got missy there, yeah. Anyways, back to the mist. Okay. Back <laughs> <laughs> to the other mist. Ah, so I know what you're thinking. What the fuck is Serratia? Yeah. Well, okay. At first, it's not to be confused with the hot sauce Sriracha. <laughs> no. I was trying to figure out what that says. <laughs> Uh, and believe it or not, there's a good chance you've seen Serratia in your home. Great. Uh, yeah. Um, Another anxiety. Thanks, Jill. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you never thought to ingest it because it looks fucking gross and it's a bit scary. Uh, Dr. Marissa, please tell us a little bit about our gloopy friend, Serratia. Oh, no. <laughs> it's gloopy. Great. Uh, love me something gloopy. Okay. According to discovermagazine.com, quote... <laughs> The bacteria thrives in wet environments and may be seen forming pink streaks. This is already so gross. On the insides of shower curtains and along toilet bowls and Yes, homes. it happens in my toilet bowl and in the dog water bowl if we mm-hmm. don't wash it. Pink. There you enough, go. Yeah, in the dog pink. water bowl? Yeah. Just a heads up to our yeah. listeners. We are with the two cutest dogs, yeah. and I'm so scared to continue this quote thinking yeah. about their water bowl. Yeah. So now I, I know, like, I have to wash the water bowl at least once a week, like, yeah. wash it, you know, with hot water and soap, or it will turn pink. Oh, no. There you go. <laughs> Continuing the quote, these water-dwelling microbes, great, have one very neat party trick, the manufacture of red pigment known as 
Prodigiosin. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, this color <laughs> ranges from a lurid vermilion to a washed out pink, uh, depending upon the microbe's age. This unique property, I know, right? The term, the word vermilion is like mm. making my word. fashion yeah. <laughs> yeah. things tingly. Um, <laughs> This unique property has been regularly exploited in microbiology as a biological marker tracking metabolic behavior and transmission of bacteria in various environments. For this reason, the microbe is an ideal tool for such work. It's a showy microbe that naturally flies a very noticeable red flag, end quote. Jill, I'm stressed and confused. Oh, What's yeah. going on yeah. Okay. Does so, it, is it harmful? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Question. We will definitely get to that. Okay, yeah. uh, but it's red. It's this. They can track it easily. Yeah. Because it's oh, red. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I see. I mean, basically, the stuff that grows on toilets was sprayed over San Francisco, and it was chosen thanks to its natural pigment. And San Francisco was chosen thanks to it being a densely populated area. Wow. Is that with- why the bridge is red? A shit ton of bacteria. That is good. Good point, man. Holy shit. Yeah, it's all I'm going to think about. all I'm going to think about. San Francisco was chosen because it was a densely populated area within close proximity to an ocean. Now, you put these two things together and you have yourself an easy experiment to see just how quickly a biological attack spreads along a coastline, which is what they were trying to figure out. So... Prior to the release, uh, 43 monitoring systems were placed around the city. And boy, howdy, their data didn't disappoint. Uh, Serratia was blown all over San Francisco and extended to the adjacent communities of Albany, Berkeley, Daly City, Colma, Oakland, San Leandro, and Sausalito. (laughs) A lot of places. It blew all the fuck over. Uh, It's estimated over six days. Uh, staggering 800,000 people, unbeknownst to them, breathed in millions of particles, making it to this day still one of the largest human experiments in history. Damn. This is madness. Yeah. <laughs> Round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what does it do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, are they okay? Okay. That's great. These are people's grandparents? Yeah. Parents? Mm-hmm. I can only imagine how accomplished these U.S. government agents felt when those numbers rolled in. But in fact, we don't have to imagine because all we have to do is read the report. Oh, mm-hmm. Dr. Marissa, please do us the, <laughs> the look on uh, Stephanie's face. I am so just horrified <laughs> by all of this. I have so many questions, but yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. Stephanie loves a, like a declassified report. I do. Too. It's her. <gasps> yeah. yeah. That's kind of my thing. Yeah. Yeah. CIA fuckery is like my bread and butter. It's, yeah. it's so heard wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude, they but, do all kinds of stuff to us that we don't know, I know. about. It's really, mm-hmm. I sound like I should be wearing a tinfoil hat or something. <laughs> uh, they're coming to get us. But um, Yeah. Let's get into it. Dr. Marissa, please do us the honor and tell us what did the U.S. government learn from gassing their people and tell us, would they do it again? <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. Um, okay. From 1951 Operation Sea Spray Military Report, quote, it was noted that a successful biological warfare attack on this area can be launched from sea and that Whoa. effective, right? And that effective dosages can be produced over relatively large areas. Serratia is so rarely a cause of illness, uh, and the illness resulting is predominantly so trivial that its use as a 
simulant should be continued even over populated areas. End quote. Should what is be a, continued. Should be. Mm-hmm. What is a simulant? Yeah. Like maybe it can be used to spread simulate an, act- oh, an attack. I guess. Simulate. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. Like a more to simulate a more dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Just keep it going. Weapon. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes me feel better that now that yeah. I know that I find it in my dog's water bowl sometimes, and it's not dangerous. Well, yeah. they're very, oh, uh-oh. They're very vague on that topic. Yeah. Mm, Rarely like, cause of illness. I mean, is breathing in a glowing red bacteria really trivial? Here's, yeah. This is the question. And uh, the answer is no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the answer, remember, this was, this was 1950, 1951. Yeah. This was a time when doctors were advertising the health benefits of cigarettes, and we were smoking on planes. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. so at the time, yes. everything was trivial. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So... Unfortunately, reality set in pretty quickly after this six-day escapade. Uh, Dr. Marissa, again, sorry, I keep, I keep calling on you to read. It's, no, it's fine. Um, please tell the good people out there what happened next, as reported by the Discover Magazine article called Blood and Fog. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's the name of my next favorite Netflix uh, six-part special. Um uh, I'm so nervous to read this. Okay, quote, a week after the sprain, 11 patients were admitted to the now defunct Stanford University Hospital in San Francisco with (laughs) with severe urinary tract infections resistant to the limited antibiotics available in that area. Resistant to antibiotics, too. One gentleman uh, recovering from prostate surgery uh, developed complications of a heart infection as Suresha colonized his heart valves. Oh, my God. He would be the only death during the aftermath of this experiment, end quote. I don't know if y'all have had urinary... Well, first of all, he died from the heart (laughs) thing. But also, like, that's just so... Weird urinary tract infections are painful. Yeah, I can't imagine what it was like in the fifties without like mm-hmm. being able to take antibiotics. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty. pretty. It sounds trivial. Right, <laughs> 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 suck it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that gentleman's name, by the way, was Edward J. Nevin. Pour pour a bowl out for yes. for Edward. Uh, <laughs> Now, remember, the people of San Francisco had no idea this experiment had happened. So when doctors at the Stanford University Hospital took samples of their patients' urine and saw this blooming on Petri dishes, they were fucking bewildered. Uh, I have a photo of an example of what they saw, uh, if anyone wants to take a look of what this looks like. Yeah, go for it. Oh, Whoa. no. Nope. Oh, nope. my. <laughs> Absolutely not. This is terrible. Um, yeah, that was in someone's piss. Yeah, they didn't yeah, know it. looks it. like death. It, it's <laughs> coming for us. I mean, it looks like the, like, um, computer-generated graphic of the coronavirus. It's like... It's <laughs> I thought it looked, it looks like a bowl of hot tamales. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Or little Sudafes. It's um, so much more red than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Is that vermilion? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So doctors were able to identify that their piss was riddled with serratia, but they had no explanation how a water loving bacteria, usually found in soil and toilets, got into these people. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My friends, this experiment accidentally or irresponsibly became the first recorded serratia outbreak in microbiology history. So another round of applause for that uh, accomplishment. (laughs) 
American ingenuity. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, if you're wondering how this all came to light, uh, please listen to episode 056 of Well, That's Interesting. I know, another shameless plug, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'll give you a super yeah. brief summary as to how we all know about this now. Um, for some bewildering, unknown reason, the Church of Scientology requested a FOIA, a FOIA report, which exposed the New York City experiment. Okay. And the sto- yeah, that story got leaked to the press, which led to a uh, U.S. Senate subcommittee hearing in 1977, where wow. all the tea was spilled. Not only was Operation Sea Spray revealed and who was behind the New York City bioagent thing, perhaps the most disturbing of all what was revealed, um, the CIA admitted between 1949 and 1969 in just 20 years, open-air tests of biological agents were conducted 239 times. Jesus. 239 times. Wait, yeah. did they say where? Like, Great question. <laughs> Great, I love it. Dr. Marissa, according to Wikipedia, yeah. uh, <laughs> can you give us two more examples of what was done in that time frame? Yeah, usually I'm like so excited to read these quotes, but the more I learn about this, the more scared I get. Yeah. I'm like, Is it happening right now? <laughs> it's going to happen on the walk home. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, in the 1950s, army researchers dispersed zinc and cadmium sulfide, now known uh, as can- as a cancer-causing agent over Minnesota and other Midwestern states to see how far they would spread in the atmosphere. Just to see. Let's fuck around and find out. <laughs> uh, continue with the quote, the particles were detected more than 1,000 miles away in New York State. Oh. Feeling great. Uh, in May 1965, secret release of Bacillus Globe G, I think we've talked about this, mm-hmm. at Washington's National Airport and its Greyhound bus terminal, more than 130 passengers were exposed to the bacteria. The bacteria traveled to 30, 39 cities in seven states in the two weeks following the mock attack, end quote. We yeah. suck. <laughs> Seriously. This sucks. Yeah. This is bad. Yeah. The uh, Bacillus globigi, I think that, that was what was released in New York. So they used so they used it multiple times. So, <laughs> yeah. Again, all of these people had no idea they were carriers, and they had no idea they were being traced as well. Um, <laughs> That's, oh my God! What, this story—it's a journey. Yeah. When I was writing it, I was just writing it. I was just saying it in my head. But now that I'm saying it out loud, yeah, it's uh, even worse. Yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. I so don't know what's more embarrassing—the fact that this happened over and over again, or the fact that one of the biggest cults in the world had to expose. It. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We would no, no one would know otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So strange. <laughs> so uh, I'm happy to report in consistent American fashion uh, no one faced accountability either. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. And uh, yeah, what could I say? This is why people believe in conspiracy theories. The end. <laughs> I'm so sorry, y'all. We all feel. <laughs> Seriously, this show, I mean, we've done so many of, well, not specifically like this, but we've talked about all these like weird experiments and, and like ideas that, that the CIA has had that some of them didn't put into place, but they were just like spitballing these, like they were trying to, um, get Castro. Yeah. They were trying to get Castro. So they were like coming up with all these things where like, what if we release some like biological, um, 
thing that like killed all the crops in Cuba. Yeah. And like, well, or made it rain like a different color. Yeah. And like, I'm like, but what if something like that spread? Yeah. You, can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're going to kill all the crops in Cuba and then the whole world, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. there's people everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're hard to miss. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. crops everywhere. Yeah. There's crops. That, people eat them. Yes. The <laughs> that they them. do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thankfully it never, they never yeah. put it into place, but it's they just like the, the fact that no one was then, like, wait, but... Maybe that's not a great idea. There was one person who raised concern in that case. And it was like his his concern wasn't for the people who would die. It was for him getting caught. Like people finding out. Mm -hmm. Like we shouldn't do this because this could come back to us. That's even worse. Yeah. That's even worse. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he should have known that, like, no one, there wouldn't have been any consequences, so it would have been yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was eye-opening and yeah. mind-blowing. Alarming. Alarming. As well. Yeah. But um, thank you for telling that story. Yeah, no, thank wow. you. Wow. This was a real treat. Yes. <laughs> a, there's a lot of punch left, I know. so the drinks are not empty, drink, but we will be emptying are them. definitely not empty. Our bowls aren't empty, yeah. I should say. America's history is juicy. We just add a boatload of rum, orgeat, gin. Fruit juice, white wine, yeah, everything. 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 Every alcohol. Jazzed up with some edible flowers. It's lovely. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Approach. This has been Stephanie Domingo. And Tux Lurzel. Thank you yeah. to Tim Clough, our editor, sound engineer, and podfather. We could not do this without him. Facts are facts, yeah. America. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Beyond Approach is proudly recorded in Bushwick, Brooklyn, on land belonging to the Lenape Nation. Please note we are not historians. We are just a couple of drunks who never shut up and love history. Full list of all source information can be found in the show notes on our website. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. Written reviews are especially important. If you like us, please do one of two things. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or send this episode to a friend, family member, or someone who you think would be into it. Make sure you follow us on Instagram because we post our cocktail recipes the Thursday before each full episode. Please drink along with us if you are not driving. We also have a shop on beyondreproachpod.com. Get your merch, brand yourselves. We have exclusive content on Patreon where you can directly support the production of our show. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back to thank you again for listening to our first ever crossover my god and for welcoming beyond reproach into your ear holes seriously (laughs) thank you so much to everyone listening thank you to beyond reproach for being so hilarious and charming and uh giving us some amazing drinks and letting us be freaking weird be freaking weird and just just handling your dogs yeah, I <laughs> Thank took you. so many pictures of your dogs. Oh, we have to put that we on should. our social media, Definitely. too. Definitely. Oh, my God. So, again, check them out. And please, stay interesting. Please do.